Well, good morning, Westridge. It's good to be here with you today. It's my pleasure and honor to be with you. As we continue on in our series, I Can Relate. It was good hearing Greg talk about relationships. First week on Don't Judge Me. And then last week, Danielle and sharing with her mom, Lynn. I know you had a wonderful time together. It was a lot of laughter. But also talking about motherhood from the point of encourage me. And today we're going to look at friendships, the difference true friends can make in the, with the thought, be there for me. You know, I grew up in a household of faith. My mom and dad had the gift of hospitality. There were many times after church on Sundays when they would invite people into our home for dinner. Now, I don't know how my mom did it, because sometimes there'd be an extra eight to ten people there on a Sunday morning, but somehow there always seemed to be plenty of food, and there was plenty of laughter, plenty of, uh, plenty of time together, and even after eating, we would go out and we'd play football or volleyball together as a group. And there were friendships formed during that time that still influenced my life today. One of those was a guy named Phil. He was a Navy man. We lived out in San Diego. And he came to church on a search because he knew there was more to life than what he'd experienced at that point in time. And he wanted more, but he didn't know what it was. Well, he was searching, and guess where he ended up after that first week of church? He was at our house. Yeah, he was eating food with us. And uh, we ate together, we talked together, uh, and uh, we just had a good time as we always did. He came back again and again, and he t- he's told me since that point in time, he said, Lance, it was the love of your parents that brought me into a relationship with Jesus. Because I got to see faith lived out in a real way. And I know his story because Phil and I went to school together. Uh, we were roommates for my first two years in college. He'd been serving Jesus as a pastor for the past 38 years. Now, friendship, it starts in a lot of different ways, but it should bring support and encouragement. Friends are there to pick us up when we're down and to celebrate with us the good things that happen in life. And friends are not afraid to tell us the truth. In fact, they know what we need to hear and, and when we need to hear it. True friends love at all times. No, Greg used this phrase the first a couple of weeks ago. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, found in Proverbs 18, this verse very adequately describes the relationship we're going to look at today. In the life of two friends found in the Old Testament, David, who killed Goliath, and Jonathan, who was the son of King Saul. And their, their relationship began after Jonathan saw David kill the giant. And the Bible tells us that Jonathan became one in spirit with David, And he loved him as himself. They connected as friends. And friendship is about connection, right? So I I brought a couple of connection devices with me today. Uh, The first was this uh, spring clip. By the way, this has opened up a whole new world to me. Okay, okay. I bought this, I mean, I saw these, and I saw all these things, you could, you could put all kinds of things on these, these spring clips, like pieces, like uh, extension, extension cords and stuff like that, and you could carry them all together. I thought, oh, I need one of these, so I bought four, okay? But they connect, right? Okay? And then, and then there's this connection device that we've all used a, a time or two in our lives, okay? Okay? Two pieces of paper. Well, first service, it didn't go to connect it. It was not good. Look, it's together, okay? It connects, right? And then there's a connection device you all should have received when you walked in today, okay? Your Lego. 
Okay, now I love these things. There's a picture up here of my grandson. I love these things. He loves these things. Okay, he loves putting them together. He's seven years old. And uh, Grandpa just keeps buying Lego sets because it's something we do together, okay? And, and I love the way they connect. And if you'll notice, I don't know what kind, of, what, what kind of connection you got here. This one has six connection points on it. But every Lego piece is, is different, and they have different connection opportunities on them. And that's what I want to talk about today, because when these are together, connected, they build something meaningful, but they are strong together. The passage we want to look at today is found during a challenging time in David's life. Found in 1 Samuel 23. And I just want to to read it for you today. Here's what it says. While David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained at Horesh. Now, Jonathan was the crown prince. So when his father Saul died, who was a king, Jonathan should have taken over as king. That was the way the the succession order worked. But Jonathan recognized something in his friend. That David was supposed to be king. And Jonathan, instead of selfishly holding on to what was his, wanted what was best for his friend David. He said, you're going to be the king. Now, King Saul didn't like that thought at all. King Saul was jealous of David. And even though David was his son-in-law, Saul tried time after time to kill David. And this passage details the last time that David and Jonathan saw each other face to face. But also, to me, it's a great picture of what true friendship looks like. And I refer to a friend like Jonathan as a 3 a.m. friend. Okay, the 3 a.m. friend is a friend you could call in the morning at 3 a.m., and you know they would pick the phone up because they care about you. Now, we all have people, when we look at our caller ID and their, their number comes across, that we say, oh, later. Right? I'm not the only one that does that, am I? Okay? Yeah, we just push them off, right? But there are certain people when they call, well, I'm answering the phone right away because they are my heart friend, my 3 a.m. friend. We all need people like this in our lives, guys. A person who's there for us, a person we can count on being there. Now, I have a lot of acquaintances, but I don't have many of those kinds of friends because the reality of it is we only have a certain amount of connections. And I'll tell you what, true friendship, 3 a.m. friends, golden friendships, whatever you want to call them, they are a resource resource worth developing. Now, each one of our pieces have different connection possibilities. And some of us have that same sort of reality in our own lives. We can take four or five true friendships. Some of us only have room for one or two, and it's all right. The, The important thing is we need a friend who is closer than a brother, who loves us at all times. It's a resource worth developing. So where do friends come from? Well, I got a couple of different ideas from what I've seen. I think friends can be inherited. I go back to family friends for a minute. My dad's a pastor. And one of his early churches was in Toluca, Illinois, over in the central part of the state. And uh, they were pastoring there, my mom and dad. And uh, they became friends with Lehman and Laverne White. Lehman was a farmer. And when we would return to Illinois on vacations, we always went to Lehman and Laverne's house. We went to the farm. 
And when I came back to college in Illinois, Lehman Laverne became surrogate parents for me at Thanksgiving time. And so for the first three Thanksgivings in Illinois, instead of going home to California because it's too long, too far to go, I spent Thanksgiving with Lehman Laverne with their family, and they were my family. Now, they weren't, I didn't get those friends on my own. I inherited them from my parents, but it was good. Friends can come from shared experiences. Every three months, I meet with uh, my old college baseball coach and two of my best friends. We played ball together in college. And we meet in different parts of the state. We meet to talk, to laugh, to tell stories, and just share life together. It's golden friendship. Now, leave those times filled with strength and just with joy and a lot of smiles in my heart because of the shared experiences we've had together for over 40 years. Then friends come from being at the right place at the right time. I thought back to 3 a.m. friends I've been blessed with through the years. I think that to some of the coincidences that have brought people into my lives. I have a friend who is a police officer in Mantino. I was playing basketball. The teachers, I was a coach at the, at the junior high school, the teachers versus the, the police officers. And we spent the whole game fouling each other up and down the court as we played basketball. We laugh, we talk, and we elbow each other. It was a lot of fun. And uh, my thought was, I could hang out with this guy. You see, I was also the police chaplain at that point in time in Mantino, and he was an officer, and he was a literal 3 a.m. friend because there were times when he was working midnight shift, and we'd sit there, and he'd run traffic. We'd sit in an alley, and we'd just talk about life together. It was good. Hey, friends like that are people you can call at any time. Not only will they pick up your call, but immediately you can begin a conversation with them because they know your heart, you know their heart. And then, of course, there are friends who, they just come from common interests. One of my best friends is a man of the church I helped start in Bradley, Illinois. He's a contractor. As we began talking together, we began to notice things we shared in common. A love for hunting, one of those. For the past 12 years, we've taken a hunting trip in November every year over to my mother-in-law's house in western Illinois. And we've shared many conversations together. We've shared many heart times together. We've also shared in a small group for the past six years together. And that relationship is a golden one. He's a 3 a.m. friend. I mean, I've been asked before, would you rather have a million dollars or a million friends? And my thought is always, I would rather have a million friends because I'd ask each one of them for five bucks and I'd be $4 million ahead. <laughs> right? Right? Isn't that way it works? All right, so let's go back to Jonathan and to David here. They were best friends. Okay, they were best friends. They spent time together. They talked together. They fought enemies together. And at the point where the story comes from today, David is in distress. He's fearing for his life. He's confident his days are numbered. Saul is coming after him. So Jonathan hears about the trouble his friend's in, and Jonathan goes to him. So from this encounter, I see three characteristics of what a true friend looks like. The first thing, a true friend shows up. He shows up. I did a funeral for a gentleman not long ago. One of his friends said during the eulogy, this man, he, he was doing the eulogy, he commented about how the, he had always trusted the deceased to come over and take care of things in his house. He said, I'm not handy, but Jerry was always handy. He could do anything. He talked about the time he was having issues with an appliance, and he called Jerry. And Jerry said, listen, I'm kind of under the weather. I've been going through chemotherapy, and I just don't feel very well. And the guy said, oh, no problem. friend was surprised. He said, Jerry pulled up in front of his house an hour later. I mean, he got out of the car, but he could barely walk. And the man said, Jerry, what are you doing here? You're too sick to be here. 
And Jerry looked at him and said, you needed me? I'm here. Let's get it done. He showed up. Hey, sometimes a true friend shows up even when they don't know what to say. Okay, I, I remember getting the call from my sister-in-law that my brother-in-law had been taken to the hospital in Peoria with an unknown physical problem. It was six years ago now. I'd, gone, I'd just gone through hernia surgery. Monday of that week, the call came on Saturday. My first response to my wife, let's go. Let's go. Because you've got to show up. You've got to show up. When there's trouble, true friends show up. Now, there's a side note. That's, uh, Tony had a stroke. And while he's home, things have just, they've never been the same. Not the man he was. I miss him. I miss him. When, when true friends are gone, it, it hurts. See, Jonathan knew his friend was hurting. And when he heard the news about the danger David was in, Jonathan showed up. Maybe I've had friends do this for me through the years. I've tried to do that for friends because this is what true friends do. Now, the second thing I see, a true friend also stands up. I wonder, have you ever stood through some, by, beside somebody going through a challenging time? I mean, we need that. We need that. I remember a meeting at a church a year ago. I was serving on the leader team. There have been some of the church didn't like some of the changes that had taken place. The minister had done a good job trying to listen, trying to alleviate concerns. But uh, when the, meeting, the night of the meeting came, I knew it was going to be a fight because of who showed up. One man stood up during the meeting and began to accuse the minister of being ungodly and not caring about anything that was going on in the church. Now, I was sitting up in front in the, in the row of chairs. The minister was on one, and I was on the far other end. And when I heard this guy, and I saw him stand up and heard what he had to say, I stood up and began to walk over toward where the minister was. I put my hand on the minister's shoulder, and I said to the guy who's standing up, there will not be any personal attacks tonight. And he said, but, but, I said, no, 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 listen to me very closely. There will not be any personal attacks tonight. The ministers told me what a difference that made. I was, I was ticked off is what it was. But I didn't like seeing my friend attacked. But true friends stand up, don't they? They stand alongside. They stand strong. Because when people are being attacked, they need, they need somebody to stand with them. That's what Jonathan did here. His, his dad was trying to kill David. And Jonathan came, and here's what he basically said. You're not alone here, guy. He said, don't be afraid. My father Saul's not going to lay a hand on you. You're going to be king. I'm going to be second to you. My father knows this. I mean, what a lack of selfish ego Jonathan had. I mean, it was his, it was his birthright to be the first, as the firstborn and be the next king. He just handed it over to David and said, no, no, it's going to be yours. I want what God wants. And Jonathan said, I want to give you strength. Now, we all need people to stand beside us. We're all going to face challenges at times. The third thing I see is a true friend points up. I want you to notice what Jonathan did for David here. The Bible tells us he helped him find strength in God. Jonathan was a great follower of God. He, had, he was a man of faith. He was a spiritual man that his father Saul was not. And he knew where David's strength was going to come from, so he wanted to point David up. Now, we all need somebody who can help us recalibrate at times, right? Now, let me give you another word for friends like this. I call them uh, 
two by four friends, right? Because every now and then, I don't know if you're anything like I am, my thinking goes a little wonky. And I need somebody who can recalibrate me, right? And here's what Jonathan did for David. Listen, you're not thinking right. Okay, here's the deal. Our inner voices, our inner voices don't always tell us what we need to hear. I mean, if your inner voice ever tells, I mean, I, I'm just talking about myself here. Your inner voice said, ever said, man, you can't do this. Who do you think you are? You know who you, what you've been like? Why do you think you can do that? You ever have your inner voice do that? You know what's even more dangerous? When your inner voice begins to say things like, wow, you are amazing. There's no one like you. you whoa, they would be lost without you, Right? It's a time like that. We need a friend who will recalibrate us. Because <laughs> whether it's the stinking thinking or the thinking where I'm, I'm all that, we need somebody to say, you're not. Get a straight man. Or you're better than that. Get above it. Rise above it. Remember, guys, we, anyone who follows Jesus as an enemy and Satan and Satan always lies. Always. Okay? Fight the lies. And it helps sometimes have a friend who will help you fight it. Right? I told you earlier about the friend I shared hunting trips with. So earlier this year, Darla came. I think I was speaking here, and, I, and Darla was at church down in Bradley. And so we, uh, after church, I got home, and she said, Is, uh, Did Jim talk to you? And I said, about what? And I said, well, he's not been feeling right, evidently, physically. He said, Karen, they were sat next to Darla in church. Karen, Karen told me about the church and wondered if he had called Lance. He said, he needs to call Lance. So I texted Jim one word. Jerk. Okay? He responded. He knew exactly what I was saying. Friends don't keep their friends in the dark when there's a need we can respond to. Okay? So I told him I'd be praying for him. We met a couple weeks later. Things were looking good for him physically. We spent time together thanking God for what he was doing. But after we were done, he apologized for not telling me. Because if I would have known earlier, I could be praying earlier, right? Friends, friends help point people toward God. Now, we all need people. We all, we all need people who point us in the right direction. And one of the best gifts we can give people is to raise their sight to the Father. Because he's the one who's going to give us help. He, he's the one who points us to his Son who brings life. And the Spirit who helps us get strength from above. And sometimes it takes a friend to remind us who the Father is. Which is what Jonathan did for David. Now I'll tell you, when Jonathan left David that day, David was a different man. Now I want you to know something. His circumstances had not changed. Saul was still after him. Saul wanted to kill him. But David was different because his friend showed up. Because things changed here. His friend brought strength and hope as he pointed him upward and forward. Everyone needs friends like this. Now you may ask, how do I get friends like that? I think the answer is very simple. If you want friends like that, you need to be a friend like that. When we practice showing up, standing up beside others, pointing people to God, we discover those whose hearts will beat with ours, beat in rhythm with ours. And our lives will be enriched by those friendships as they develop and grow. 
So I have a couple of challenge points for you today as we, as we close. First of all, you should have received a Lego reminder when you walked in. Okay? I want you to put that somewhere as a reminder to be open to connecting with others. And remember the strength that comes from being together with true friends. The second thing, one of my best friends is my weightlifting partner. We've lifted weights together for over 20 years. I trust him with my life, literally. He's my spotter. So when I get, a, when I get heavy weight above me on the bench press and it comes down onto my chest, he's there. And when I can't do it anymore, his four fingers, two on each hand, reach under the bar and help me lift it up so I get it off my chest. Now here's my question for you. Who around you needs a spot? We all have people around us who are, feel like they're alone, that are struggling under the weight of something. Will you reach out and spot them? Will you show up for them? They need you. The third thing, do you have 3 a.m. friendships already? Those golden friendships. If you have people you haven't connected with recently who would fit in that category, my challenge to you is reach out and, and touch them this week. Make a phone call. Send a text. Email. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Take some time to reconnect. Because golden friendships shouldn't go to waste. Uh, golden friendships shouldn't be casually disposed of. They're too valuable. We need them. So reach out and, and reconnect. And, and if you already have those true friendships and you're engaging in that regularly with people, uh, why don't you thank them for the strength, the guidance, the help they give you? A true friendship. True friends are a resource worthy of developing. And, and I know that as we do so, our lives will be strengthened and enriched. And we will do that for others too. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for what you do for us. Thank you for the example of Jonathan David. Jonathan was a man after your own heart. And I thank you for the way he responded when he saw a need. Lord, open our eyes so we can see needs around us and then give us the courage to respond so we can help. In your powerful name we pray. Amen.